Hello lovely listeners and welcome back to another episode of Bell Knows Best. I'm your host Belle and today we're diving into the world of nutrition but not just any nutrition. We're talking about the kind that fuels not just your body but your mind too. Yes my friends today is all about the science behind what we eat shapes not only our waistlines but the very essence of who we are. It's like the ultimate self-love recipe and I cannot wait to sprinkle some of that magic your way. My current obsession at the moment and fixation is learning everything I can about glucose. And it is (laughs) one that I am taking very seriously. I've now tried to get my my family on board in our family group chat and trying to convince my family to read this book that I've read called The Glucose Revolution by Jessie Nchopper. She's a French biochemist and has told her personal experience with glucose in this book. She has come up with a concept around how glucose spikes our insulin and our blood sugar levels and how it affects our direct link to our brain and our gut connection. So I've been following her. This is the her handle on Instagram is called the Glucose Goddess. And I've been following her for about a year. And I often see her posts come up and she has these graphs around glucose and spiking glucose. If I'm really honest with you, I didn't understand what glucose was. I knew it was some sort of sugar, you know, to some description but really didn't understand how it affects our body and what happens to us when we are going through some sort of a glucose spike. However, I do understand the basic principles of glucose when I'm talking to clients who have, you know, insulin resistance or perhaps, you know, diabetes. So I know my way around the glucose fructose sucrose system but I don't think that I understand it. I didn't think that I understood it as much as I do now. So I've, I've been following this lady, Jessie, on Instagram for about a year, seeing all her posts come up. And a few weeks ago, I was inspired by one of her posts and it really got me ticking. It really got me thinking, what actually happens to my body when I have sugar? And I have a bit of a sweet tooth. In the last few months, the last four months, you know, in fact, for me, have been a bit of a roller coaster ride. I moved house, moved in with my partner, my daughter's changing schools, you know, it's a, a new area that I am in, and I've been driving back and forth to my daughter's school, which is an hour and a half away, so three hours round trip, and it has been exhausting. And I'll tell you what, There's been many times for me that I've reached for something sweet just to keep me going or another coffee. Now I'm at this point where I'm not actually having to drive her anymore. School's out, woo, for the end of the year. And the last few weeks I have been really starting to reevaluate my health and my fitness and my connection to my self-care again, which unfortunately has been off the table for some time because my priorities were making sure that I could get my daughter to school and get back. And quite frankly, I've been in a bit of a state of survival mode for the last few months. I think I really underestimated the toll it would take, you know, and I have a lot of empathy now for people who have to do a lot of travel, 
you know, and I'm in a, a co-parenting situation with my daughter, you know, with, you know, her schooling and where her father lives. So there has been that distance of that travel. So I really empathise with people having to go through what I have been through. I have a completely new understanding of of what it's like having to put yourself through it mentally and physically. So here I am now thinking about what is it that I need to do to really refocus and realign myself for 2024? You know, what does that look like for me in my my self-care, my food? How's my food affecting my health, my mental health, my physical fitness? So I've been reading this book. In fact, I read this book and I, I, as I've been in the car for so many hours, I listened to the book as well. And it has been absolutely eye-opening for me around how our food and the way in which we eat our food affects us. So if we are going about our day and we go and have something that has, you know, a lot of glucose in it, which essentially in the layman's term is sugar, right? If we go and have something that has a lot of sugar, we are ingesting this and our body then has to look for places to put this glucose in our our storage in our body. And what happens if we're having too much glucose, our storage in our body becomes too full and there's nowhere to put it. So it starts to put it into our liver, our cells start to absorb it and it then is turned not into fuel but into fat. So when we have too much glucose in our body, we become tired and fatigued. So if we're constantly grabbing something sugary or we're high glucose, fructose or sucrose, and we're not balancing it out with fiber or protein or veggies, then our body becomes overloaded and that's where we get the brain fog and the tiredness and the exhaustion. So I am on this path, this at the moment to really, really understand. And one of my goals for 2024 is to, I want to understand my body the best it could. Jessie in her book, The Glucose Revolution, talks about how, you know, the reference that our, our body is like a plane and we are the pilots, right? And how many of us actually know what is going on in the cockpit of our plane? You know, do we know what drives us? How do we fuel our plane? You know, often we're just a passenger in the plane and we've got someone in there piloting, but it's not us. And so we're just on autopilot. And I really love that reference. And it's really given me a new sort of found thought process on like, who's driving my plane? Is it it me or am I on autopilot? Is it because I've done what I've always known? You know, am I eating the foods that I've always known and or doing the things that I've always done because my family's done it or I grew up in a certain, you know, environment or culturally, like do you eat the foods that you just eat in your culture but perhaps they're not fueling your body the best that they could. So down this rabbit hole that I've been in, and I'll tell you what, I'm deep, I am deep in it, this glucose revolution. It's really opened my eyes. And the glucose revolution beautifully illustrates the connection of the, you know, the importance of maintaining that healthy gut fiber, you know, but also what way are you eating your food? So anyway, the last, I, last week, and I have a 
partner who is a chef. So I'm in a very lucky position. Actually, he's upstairs currently making me my my lunch for today so that I, you know, can keep following this program. And I said to him, and he's just the sweetest, sweetest person. I said, I want to do this and I want to give it a go. And I want to try out this glucose revolution. He's like, okay, let's do it. So he cooks all of the meals in the house and he has been putting out the food on my plate in portions of fiber. So, you know, your veggies, your protein, carbohydrate, and your fats. And in the glucose revolution, Jesse talks about if you're eating your food in a particular way, then you're not spiking your glucose. So we've been eating our veggies first and then our protein and then our fats, right? And then our starches and then our fruits. And yes, it is a little bit time consuming in a sense, but there's a few things that have been happening for me. One, I've been really present while I've been eating. Something that I really do get caught up in is eating on the run. And by gosh, how many times I've just not eaten or eaten. And I have already have a complicated relationship with food myself. You know, I've been on a diet many times in my life and it has really given me disordered thinking and feelings around food and my body. And it doesn't help with social media and the image that we're supposed to look like and how we're supposed to look like. And to be honest, sometimes it absolutely just fucks me in the head of what to eat and how to eat. And it's really exhausting. So I have to come back to the basics, you know, and think about, all right, I'm fueling myself. I'm fueling my body. So this has been a really good sort of experiment for me, looking at the different types of food. I've actually slowed down my eating. Often when I eat, you know, you put a bit of this on your fork, a bit of that, and you eat it and you're talking. We've been really mindfully eating because we're making sure that we're having each thing on our plate in this particular order. So not only have I felt like I've been trying to taste the food and eat the food, but also it's been a feeling of control in a way. It's been a feeling of satisfaction. I've been able to notice that I'm I'm feeling full, fuller for longer. And one thing that has really, you know, affected me is that about 10 o'clock in the morning is when I want something sweet. And it's normally after my first client. So my first client's normally nine o'clock, nine till 10. I have one at nine fifteen, and it's sort of between the, the nine to 10, 10, 15. So 10 and 10, 15, just before that second client, I want something sweet. And what I've been realizing is this for the longest time, I'd be waking up just having some toast or having something to eat. Generally, I would have like some eggs or something on top or some ham. But the first thing that I'm having is bread, right? The first thing that I'm eating and bread is not bad. Bread is fine. You can have bread. You can have, you can have gluten-free bread. You can have high, you know, rye, fiber, dense, high protein bread, whatever you want. But bread has high levels of glucose. And what happens with glucose is that it spikes your blood sugar levels. Okay, and when your blood sugar levels are being spiked, obviously for you or me, <laughs> perhaps, they're going to come down. Spike means high. So they're being spiked, they're coming up high and whatever goes up must come down. 
So about 10 o'clock, because I'm having my breakfast, you know, early. At the first thing in the morning, though, we do we have a celery juice and then a coffee and then I'll have breakfast. But the first thing that I'm eating is glucose and I'm spiking myself. So by 10, 15, 10 o'clock, I am banging for something sweet. And most of the time, because I've only got that sort of 10-minute window in between, I'll grab a bicky and a coffee or some, you know, dried fruit or something like that. But what am I doing? It's more glucose. So my body then doesn't have a chance to stabilize itself. I'm back at my desk. I'm sitting down again and I'm having more glucose. So the glucose on top of the glucose and I'm not walking around. I'm not really getting much oxygen to my brain because I'm just sitting there. And so here we go, more glucose. And then it spikes again. So I feel good, right? Because I've had that hit of sugar essentially and I'm feeling I've got some energy back. But what do you know? What come, goes up must come down. And then, you know, lunchtime comes around, rolls around, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having some leftovers or a lunch that my beautiful partner has made for me, which is always a beautiful lunch. But one of the first things I'm probably eating in that lunch has high levels of glucose. So what I've been doing is starting my meals with veggies, which is very low glucose. In fact, you're having that in your stomach. The first thing that you're having is veggies, right? So Jessie in her book, The Glucose Revolution, she talks about as if your, your stomach is like a sink and you can imagine that you are putting in your veggies and then your proteins and you, you're layering them. So you're not spiking your glucose. And it has been really incredible for me to be able to see how my body is responding. And the last few days, you know what? At 10 o'clock, I have not needed to have any sugar. I'm feeling like it's really stabilized. I also know that like a week before my period, I am famished for chocolate. I absolutely famished. But I also know that that's the hormone imbalance. So... She talks about, you know, yes, if you want to have sugar, have it, but wrap it in veggies or protein. You know, if you're going to have, you know, your chocolate, great, have it, but have some protein with it. Have some veggies with it first. One other thing that I have been adapting is apple cider vinegar before my meals. Now, I don't think that I've been doing this long enough to see if there is, you know, a definite result around this because I've been doing the protocol and it's sort of all intertwined, but that is something else I have been doing. And the apple cider vinegar is, you know, supposed to stabilize your glucose levels, which is really, you know, interesting for me to try and adapt that to. So I'm down this rabbit hole. I'm trying out all of these things because essentially I want to be able to have a really good gut connection to my brain. We know that serotonin, right, which is a happy hormone in our body, is created in our gut. So have you ever felt like you've been anxious or, you know, you're feeling, you know, a bit upset in your tummy? You're obviously it's going to affect your body, but it's sending a direct link to your brain that there is something wrong, 
right? So if you're not making enough serotonin that's heading up into your brain, you're not feeling good. So is it easy or hard for our gut to make serotonin if it's fueled with glucose? This is something I'm still exploring at the moment. But imagine if, you know, we had a, a our stomach that was filled with really good, healthy, nutritional foods and low glucose. I make up, there's probably going to be more room for serotonin to be made and, made and sent directly to the brain. So I'm on this mission at the moment to learn everything I possibly can about glucose. And I'm finding it that when I'm diving into these, you know, research papers and podcasts and books, one thing that they all have in common is sugar is as dangerous and addictive as drugs, which I believe. Why? Because the brain recognizes sugar as a high reward. And so in our neural network, when we are constantly having sugar our body gets addicted to it like any form of substance and we know that with substance abuse right and anything can be an addiction shopping spending sex gambling drugs alcohol we have process addictions you know in in relationships we can become addicted to those so anything we can you know become addicted to but sugar is just such an easy one because it's so readily available it's cheap and it's accessible what would it be like if we didn't have sugar you know how would we be eating how you know would our bodies be feeling i think pretty damn good <laughs> you know so as i keep exploring this world of glucose and looking at glucose, I am trying to cut sugar out. And I'm going to report back in a few podcasts time about this experiment that I'm doing on myself and with my partner who is coming along for the journey with me around glucose. And I think it is a very interesting perspective to hear from different types of dietitians and doctors. I've been reading articles around, you know, glucose from dietitians as well. They said that, you know, this particular book has had some reviews around it could could possibly be a distressing sort of book for people with disordered um, eating disorders and disordered thinking, which I can understand that that could be because, you know, they're giving, she's giving you a way in which you should, according to her, according to Jessie, that you should be eating. Now, what happens with, you know, eating disorders is that they become very overwhelming and you don't know what to eat and what not to eat. And I have experienced this in my life and it is, it is very exhausting. But what I do like about this particular perspective of Jessie's is that she doesn't take anything off the table. You know, a lot of you know you know perhaps diets and eating programs it's restricted with macros and you know can't have alcohol you can't have this you can't have that there is nothing in this particular program perhaps you would call it that takes anything off the table it's just the way in which we eat it 
So I found that quite um, an interesting perspective, having done so many different diets and been in positions before, I've found it quite exhausting to have to eat, if I'm really honest, you know, eat and not eat and it's an exhausting path to be down. So I do recommend giving this a go. I am going to continue to give this a go and I will report back in a few podcasts time. My next podcast for next week, I will be talking about setting goals and a plan for 2024, which I'm really excited to dive into. I'm going to be giving you a bit of a structure and some tools, and there will also be a free downloadable ebook that can help you navigate your path for 2024. So I look forward to that. As always, Bell knows best. Have a great week, everyone. Until then, bye.